Welcome to Lakeside Church's message podcast. Our prayer is that you fall in love with Jesus, find your church family, live in freedom, and be active in your purpose. Let's join the message already in progress. All right, this right here, I, I do want to highlight this just a little bit more. I know John just showed you, but it reminded me of something because um, it reminds me of what I think is important in this church. If you are waiting for me or for one of the other people here that serve to tell you like every little thing to do, then like you probably need to find a different church. I'm not trying to be mean, but I'm just trying to say I, when I first got saved and you know my parents left me at home from 16 and 17, they moved to a different state. And so I had a job and I went to school, but I basically lived by myself, which was awesome. All right. But then I got saved, and I didn't have any more friends because my friends were not involved with the Lord. And I remember those who are hungry and care for those who are in need. And I remember, um, I was like, man, I need to do something about this. Now, granted, at 16 and 17, my cooking involved uh, tuna fish, eggs. I didn't eat a vegetable for like two years. Bread, you know, like simple things that I could cook. But I remember like saying, well, I got to do something. I remember making all these peanut butter and jelly sandwiches and bottles of water. And I was like, why can't I feed the hungry? And I remember going, and there's a lot of homeless people, a lot of people in need in South Florida. And so just driving around, handing them out, and people, some of them would be really happy. I remember this one guy, I realized after I handed it to him, like I stopped and you know, it's hard to tell maybe a homeless person from other people. And I called him over. I was like, hey, man. So he came up to my car. He's like, I got, I got something for you. He's like, what? And I gave him a peanut butter and jelly. And the look on his face let me know, oh, you're a drug dealer, not a homeless person. But God bless you. Here's a peanut butter and jelly. And I'm going to go. Um, and so I'm not saying you need to do this. But I'm saying, if you're not actively reading your Bible and saying, you know, how does this affect my life? How can I put this in practice? Well, then start doing that. And so I think this is a great thing. It's simple. It's not handing out cash because you don't always know where cash is going to go, but it is meeting needs. And so I encourage you to read your Bible and say, you know, how can I do this? Another way we have Mission Lexington, they're collecting for families, holiday uh, baskets, so there, you can go to their website and get this list, or you can take a picture of this if you want, but gift cards and canned sweet potatoes and collards and turnips, um, all that stuff that's on there, feel free to do that. But we are in the book of Galatians, so we're going to go and we're going to open up the book of Galatians. We're in the end of chapter 4, verse 21, and um, I hope you guys are getting something out of this. I've had a few people come and they've shared that they've really if not, some of us are, and that's okay. If you're not enjoying it, just hang tight. It'll be over in a few weeks. But let's say a prayer. Lord, I do love your word, and I love um, thinking about all the things you've written and what they mean to us and for us. And Lord, reading your word is an impossible task for people without your spirit. So we ask that the same spirit that wrote this would be here as I'm speaking be here as people are listening, be here as we're reading, and give us understanding. Help us to understand what you're saying and how it matters, 
and really the difference it should make in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. The book of Galatians, a small little reminder in case you've been, you've been out or you've missed some time. Um, it is a book where Paul is writing uh, to correct an issue, to correct an error. Most of the books in the New Testament are like that. There was something going, the ones that have names of like churches or areas like Corinth, Galatia, Ephesus, like all those books. There was something going on in the churches Paul couldn't get there, he couldn't call him on the phone, he couldn't FaceTime, he could just write a letter. And so these letters are our records kind of of that relationship and, and what issues they were facing. And so they were facing an issue where, where they had come to faith in Christ, they understood the grace that was there in the cross, and then they had these people coming in and saying, all right, well, you've got to do the whole law, it's really all about your effort and what you do and what you don't do like that's what's important all the way even up to circumcision and so in chapter 4 verse 21 he's going to talk a little bit more about that and then in chapter what but let's finish up chapter 4 and he's going to give an example from the old testament so i'll read the end of 4 and then we'll talk about it a little bit it says tell me you who desire to be under the law do you not listen to the law? For it is written that Abraham had two sons, one by a slave woman and one by a free woman. But the son of the slave was born according to the flesh, while the son of the free was born through the promise. Now this may be interpreted allegorically. These women are two covenants. One is from Mount Sinai, bearing children for slavery. She is Hagar. Now, Hagar is the Mount Sinai in Arabia. She corresponds to the present Jerusalem, for she is in slavery with her children. But the Jerusalem above is free, and she is our mother. For it is written, Rejoice, O barren woman who does not bear. Break forth, cry aloud, who are not in labor. For the children of the desolate will be more than those who have the one who had a husband. Now you, brothers, like Isaac... Are children of promise but just at the same time he was born according to the flesh persecuted him who was born according to the spirit so it is also now what does the scripture say cast out the slave woman and her son for the slave woman for the slave woman shall not inherit with the son of the free woman so brothers we are not children of the slave but of the free let me try to explain what he's talking about so you can understand um, he, he made a point earlier on, and Paul was really good at this, in talking about Abraham as a man of faith. And so when we hear Abraham in church, we often hear about the fact that he believed God. He was an old man, and he shouldn't have had a baby. And, and his wife, um, yeah, although nobody would say it to her face, she was old too. All right, And, and they all knew that this was not something that could happen naturally. But God kept telling him, saying, Abraham, you're going to have this great family and you're going to um, bless the world. Abraham, where his faith um, broke down, where, where he made a mistake. And so he has this promise where, where you're going to, to have this family. And he looks at himself and it's not a surprise. He knows how he feels in the morning. He, I don't know if they had mirrors, but maybe he looks in the stream, and he's, I'm sure they had some mirrors, but he's, he sees his face, he sees his hair is grayer, his, his body is in pain, and he looks at his wife, and, 
And he's like, oh, well, this, this probably is not going to work. And so there comes a time where he would, and it was very common in that era, um, she had a, a servant, an assistant, someone that cared for her, and they're like, all right, we'll have a baby with her, and then I'll raise it as my own. It'll be in your house, and, and like maybe that's how God is going to come through with this promise. And so I want you to see what Abraham did. It, it was a sin, but it wasn't a sin like, you know, he went out and, and, and did something terrible. He was trying to fulfill God's promise, but he did something in his own effort. And he went, and so she has a baby, and so Abraham's like, well, look, maybe this is it. Maybe, like, I'm helping God come through with his promise, because obviously I'm old, my wife is old, and this isn't going to work. And so he, by his own effort, he's trying to please God through his own effort. And it's faith that pleases God. And so Paul is making this, this example. He's saying, so like, if, you, if you're following the law, it's just another way for you to try to please God through your own effort. And you can't please God through your own effort. In fact, there is a, there, for the people that want to please God, there's a battle. There's some people that are trying to please him in hopes that saved them. And there are some people, and hopefully that's us, that we, we're not trying to please God so he'll save us, but we know that God is pleased to save us. Same words, but a different order and, and a different way of approaching him. It's, it's instead of saying, wow, God, I have to, to clean myself up and I have to do all these things, and, and if I do all of this correctly, then God, you'll be happy to save me. Where the other people, they say, no, God is happy to save me. And then once you're saved, you live saved. You live in this newness of life. And, and that's really what the whole book up until this point has been making, uh, making the case for. It's saying, don't go out on your own effort. That will never work. Um, an example that I have of myself going out of my own effort, I was trying to think of one. And so I've shared a story in the past, and I'll, I'll share it again here. You, you may have heard this if you've been at our church for any time. But there was a time when I was driving home from church late at night. It was dark. There was you know nobody around, and there was this this woman, you know, I'm 17, and she was probably like 24, so for me, that was a woman, like full-grown adult. Now I'm older, I'm like, it's still a kid. But anyways, at that point, I was like, this woman is sitting there. And I remember the Lord spoke to me and said, go talk to her, tell her I love you. And I remember this battle I had where I, I didn't want to do that because that was embarrassing, and a little word of God was just resting on me and and I was wrestling, I mean, not a good attitude, but it was faith. And I was like, fine, Lord. And I remember stopping and stopping far away from her so she didn't think I was up to no good and, and asking her her name. I said, what's your name? My name's Chris, what's yours? She said, faith. And then I remember 
I said, well, Faith, God wants you to know he loves you. And I remember her just crying and weeping and and like I, I can remember it now just coming closer to her and she's saying you're never going to believe this I was in a fight with my boyfriend we destroyed the house we broke stuff put holes in walls and, uh, and I left and I was walking out here and I was looking at the stars saying God if you're real and God if you love me then like show me prove it and I remember the power of that night that was a night where, where I for whatever reason, like I felt like I was in tune with God's spirit. God's spirit was leading me. And there was fruit. And she got into church and her life was changed. And it was awesome. I remember a few weeks later, maybe a month or two, I don't remember the time frame, but I remember being at a gas station and seeing another lady about the same age sitting on the curb outside the gas station. And she's crying. And I remember thinking in myself, See, well, I know what to do. This is easy. Seen this before. And I remember walking up to her, and she's sitting there crying. And I was like, hey, I'm Chris. And she's like, hey. And I'm like, hey, God wants you to know he loves you. And I remember her cursing me out for like 35 seconds. Who the beep do you think you beep, 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 are? Why are you beep, 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 beep? And I was like, oh, well, God loves you, but I'm leaving now. The same, and in my head, it was the same thing, but there was a difference. One came out of my effort, and the other came out of being led by the Spirit of God. And so what Paul is making the case, he's saying, when, you, when, you're, when you're following the law, you're focusing on, on your effort. Don't focus on your effort. Focus on him. Focus on his spirit. And in fact, that's what's going to be the main point of chapter 5. So let's start chapter 5. He's saying, for freedom, Christ has set us free. Knowing that God loves you should be the most freeing thing in the world. When you know that he has loved you, that he has pleased to save you, then you don't have to lie about your past. You can be honest with other people. You can say, you know what? I did do these things, but God loves me. And it doesn't matter what you've done. God can love you too, because if he can love me, he could love you. And there's freedom in that. But when you're constantly going back to the law and going back to these rules and regulations and saying, man, did I do this right? Did I make God happy with that? Am I keeping God like off my back or keeping God pleased? And, and you're, you're living like that, then it's a yoke of slavery. And he's saying Christ has set us free. For freedom he has set us free. Stand in that freedom and don't submit again to the yoke of slavery. Look, I, Paul, say to you that if you accept circumcision, Christ will be of no advantage to you. Because if you're accepting circumcision, you're pretty much bought into the law. That might be the last thing a man does in following the law. 
They might say, I'm going to try all these other things first and see how that goes. And then that, then Christ works. Verse 3, he says, I testify again, or I'm saying it again to every man who accepts, accepts circumcision, that he is obligated to keep the whole law. You don't want to put yourself in that position. You want to stay firm in the freedom that Christ gives us. Then he says something even more wild. He says, for you are severed from Christ. You're not just cutting off some extra skin. You're cutting yourself off from Christ when you try to put the law above him. For you who would be justified by the law, you have fallen from grace. For through the Spirit, by faith, we ourselves eagerly wait for the hope of righteousness. So then it's what it's saying is rather than trying to, to be righteous, we trust in God to save us, and being saved means he even saves us from our sin and from our iniquity. And so through the Spirit, by faith, we trust in him for this hope of righteousness, this hope that God will work out the stuff in our lives. Because if we're honest, there's some things that we think and some things that we do that are not good for us. But we can't change them. We need him to change them. And so it's through the Spirit, through faith, or by the, through the Spirit, by faith, that we hope and we trust that Jesus will work it out. Verse 6, he says, For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision counts for anything, but only faith working through love. This faith that, that, that causes you to like try to love people, to try to care for them, to sit around and say, I do see a lot of homeless people, give them. Well, I have some tuna and I have some water. And man, I guarantee you that guy needs some new socks. I mean, I'm just thinking that's probably how you were thinking of it. I mean, like not to be funny and not to be rude, but how many days do you want to wear a pair of socks? before they're not helpful. And so it's faith that works through love that is what really matters. Verse 7, Paul goes on and he says, You were running well. Who hindered you from obeying the truth? See, this can happen, and I've seen it happen. It's, it's amazing how many people I've seen that have seemed or appeared to me that they've run well with the Lord. I've served alongside them. I've been in small groups with them. I've been in, in classes with them. I've, I've been in church with them. They've heard me preach. I've heard them preach. And they ran well. But then something came up that hindered them. It slowed them down from obeying the truth. This persuasion is not from him who calls you, verse 8. A little leaven leavens the whole lump. See, it just, you know, if, if you have a goal, if, if my goal is to walk down this line just a few degrees off, see, it's just a little, and by the time I get down there, I'm on the other side of the room. 
See, it's just a little leaven. It's just a little something that gets into our thinking or gets into our hearts that begins to take over. And we have to make sure our hearts are clean from anything but faith in Jesus and anything but the Spirit of God. Verse 10, it says, I have confidence in the Lord that you will take no other view. See, this is awesome. Even though they were getting hindered, Paul's confident. His confidence comes from the Lord. Again, it's not faith in himself. He's not saying, I have confidence in this amazing letter that I'm writing that is going to be in people's Bibles for thousands of years. He's saying, no, I have confidence in the Lord that you will take no other view. In other words, that God is going to speak to you. God is going to make it clear when you see someone struggling or you see someone being hindered, like that's where you trust the Lord. You say, all right, well, God, they've, they've done good in the past. It seemed like they were running well. Well, now I bring them to you, Lord, and I trust you. And then he says, and that the one who is troubling you will bear their penalty. You guys that teach, or if you want to lead a small group, or if you ever desire to be a preacher, like you have to be careful because there's a penalty. There's a consequence for leading people the wrong way. These were not people out there leading them to worship idols. They were not leading them into sexual immorality. They were leading them to a misunderstanding of the law and of grace. They were talking about the, wrong, the right things, but in the wrong way. So I challenge you, if you're ever going to teach, be very careful. Be very careful. Whoever he is. Verse 11, Paul says something clear. He says, But if I, brother, still preach circumcision, why am I still being persecuted? The fact that the Jewish people were not big fans of Paul. He was a leader in their community. He was a Pharisee. He was well known. But then once he turned to Christ, he was... He was a marked man. And in fact, he couldn't even go back to Jerusalem without being arrested. And if you read Acts, that's what he does. And he says, if I'm not preaching circumcision, they're persecuting me. In that case, the offense of the cross has been removed. It should be a little offensive to some people that you can't do anything to save yourself. For some of us, that's freeing because we know that. But for some of us who think we're pretty smart or we're pretty strong, it matters that it's only Jesus, that can be offensive. Verse 12, this is where you realize that Paul is a human, and it's pretty funny. And it says what it says. It shows you exactly how strongly he felt about this topic. And I'm reading the Bible, so I hope I don't offend you. But Paul does say, I wish that those who settle you, unsettle you would emasculate themselves. Basically, if you're going to cut a little bit off, why don't you cut the whole thing off and be done with it? <laughs> Some of you just understood. Oh, I didn't know he... Yes, he said that. <laughs> that is exactly what he said. 
The same guy who's just going to write about the fruit of the Spirit being love and patience and goodness and all these things, he throws this in there. It's a big deal. Putting our actions, putting the law above Christ and, and trying to say that anything can save you but Christ is a bad thing. And it should offend you as a believer. Uh, some of you are going to quote this line, well, I just wish you'd go emasculate yourself. Galatians 5.12. Some of you are making t-shirts, you're on your phone, you're like, let me order that t-shirt. No, but it's the idea that if, if anybody is taking, taking our eyes off Christ or putting anything above Christ, like, it should really bother us. And if it doesn't, why? Verse 13, he talks about why. He says, because you were called to freedom. I don't want to see you in bondage. You were called to freedom, brothers. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love. For the whole law is fulfilled in one word. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. But if you bite and devour one another, watch out so that you're not consumed by one another. But verse 14, the whole law is fulfilled in one word. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. See, Paul is approaching legalism. Legalism is that stuff the Galatians were battling with. You have to do the law. You have to be circumcised. You have to do these certain days, eat certain things, and you have to do all this stuff to keep God happy. What he's hinting at in verse 13, do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, is there's other people that they go the other way. There might be some people in here, well, it's all about grace, it's all about God's love, and God loves me, and it doesn't matter what I do, so I'm just going to do anything. going to do what I want, sleep who I want to sleep with, eat, drink how much I want to drink, take what I want to take, um, just do all these things because, hey, it's all about grace. That's what Chris said. He talked something about grace and guys emasculating themselves. That's all I remember, but it's all about grace. When really the, the goal where God is trying to get us is not away from, was away from legalism. And in church, we often call this license. In other words, this idea that grace gives us some kind of license to do whatever we want. Like, oh, I'm like a diplomat. I can just park wherever I want and do whatever I want. And hey, there's no consequences. But he's bringing us to this, but through love serve one another. So don't focus on the law. Don't focus on your license to do whatever you want. But be here and focusing on love that causes you to serve one another. That's where he's leading us to. And then he goes on to say, and if you bite and devour yourselves, one another, be careful that you're not consumed. Be awesome. The church would be a force. The church would be something that nobody can say anything negative about. But we have these people. Then we have some people over here that are all about the law and all about legalism. And they're yelling at these people who are all about license, and I can do what I want, it's all about grace, and they're over here backbiting and arguing, and, and Paul's just saying, stop it, 
come together. The whole law is filled, fulfilled in one word. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. So stop focusing on the law and ask yourself, am I loving? And it's easy. This is not hard. Love your neighbor. Put that verse on the screen. Love your neighbor as yourself. Do you treat people the way you want to be treated? Have you treated your spouse, your brother, your sister, your kids, your parents, whoever you've come across in your life? Do you love them like you love yourself? Then he's going to go and we'll read a few more verses to kind of set up where we're going to go next week. But he says, I say, walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh because they're opposed to each other, and they keep you from doing the things you want to do. We're going to start next week talking about what it means to be led by the Spirit. Paul has made the argument it's not about the law, he touched briefly. It's not about license because it's so easy for people that are like focused on the law to hear this message and they jump over here and, oh, it's all about license and I can just do whatever I want. And Paul's saying, well, not really. It's not a law that is written in a book that you need to follow. It should be the through love to love our neighbors as ourselves. So then what do we do now? Would you bow your heads? Would you close your eyes? We've been talking for a few weeks about people that are, are focused on your own efforts, focused on doing all the right things to make God happy. Today we've touched on the other side of that, from that one verse about people that might be using their freedom as an opportunity for their flesh. If you're in either of those camps, or if you recognize either of those attitudes in yourself right now, this is the perfect moment to refocus on Christ. This is the perfect moment to have a conversation with the Lord and say, Lord, I've been a little bit too legalistic, focused on the law and the rules, and I've lost my relationship with you. Or maybe you say, God, I've, I've used, taken grace for granted. I've been using my freedom just to serve myself. And that's not good either. Or maybe you don't feel like loving people. And you need to have a talk with God. You need to change my heart. Help me to love my husband or wife or mom or neighbor or coworker. I don't know. But as the music plays, if you're in any of those groups, would you just talk to the Lord about it? It's a church. It's a place where we come to meet with the King of Kings. So if just talk right in your chair 
Let them know what need help. Ask him to change what needs to be changed. To heal what needs to be healed. What else did you come here for but to meet with the Lord? Lord, we thank you that you forgive our sins. Lord, if we've been focused on the law or our own efforts, God, we're sorry. Forgive us and help our, to turn our eyes to Jesus and to the work you've done on the cross. Lord, if we've been taking grace for granted and just really being rebellious and calling that freedom, forgive us, God. Lord, help us to love one another. Help us to love people like we love ourselves. Help us not to worry about anything else but keeping our eyes on Christ and on loving our neighbors. God, so that you might be pleased. God, pleased because we get it and we heard and we obey and we trust. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I'm going to invite... Um, Ken and Deborah up on this side over here. Would you stand with me, church? As the music plays and as you're dismissed, I hope you go and have a wonderful week walking in the love of Jesus, walking in the grace of God, walking with a loving heart. But if, if you need prayer for anything, maybe you have a, um, something coming up medically or financially or an issue in, in your family, and, and even if you've come up for prayer before, I think it's a good time a good place to pray. So we're going to be up here for a while. If you have any need at all that you'd like to bring to the Lord, we would love to join you and bring that need up to the Lord. And if you're ready to go, you guys can go. You can be dismissed. Go be salt, be light, love others, trust Jesus. And if you need prayer, we're going to hang out up here for a little while and pray with whoever needs it. So come with your requests to the one who can answer. Amen. Hey guys, I'm Bob. <laughs>